my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You're listening to Studio 22. When I finished my first great tournament ever, finished second at the Byron Nelson to keep my card as a rookie. Big deal for me. I'm getting married the next Saturday. Jim Nance is calling the whole thing. Shigeki Mariyama wins. I finished second alone, and a guy named Tiger Woods, don't even prefer him, finishes third. And Jim is calling it, and I make, I make par at the last hole, make about a four-footer, and he says, who wants to finish second alone? I do. Congratulations to Ben and Heather Crane getting married this Saturday. Wow. And it was like, it was just so Jim Nance. It was so Four. smooth. Okay. Fast forward, you know, we're friendly, whatever. I see him in Park City, Utah, and I'm down on a mat doing these weird crunches. Okay. And I'm in Park City, you know, skiing, you know, at this random place at this random time, whatever. And Jim Nance is walking through the weight room, whatever, and he looks down and goes, Ben, how's Heather and the kids? And I'm like, this guy, <laughs> you can't get him off his game. Oh, man. He's amazing. He's unbelievable. That, that's what he's yeah. saying is that he could literally list, you know, 100 players, uh, golfers. He can go on hour tangents of each one. Yeah. And he knows everything about it. He's like, he's like I could, yeah, I could talk all day, you know? Uh, and it's nothing saying- to him. I'm like, dude. What is going on in your brain? Where like, those <laughs> files are placed, it's Dude. incredible. And it's like perfectly organized too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like the importance of knowing the players that he's, you know, talking about, right? It's like knowing what to say and when and just having that da- data bank is really impressive. Yeah. What was it? Where were you saying? No, I was also going to say like, uh, and also how he handles pressure, right? He was talking about how much anxiety he had uh, oh, yeah. early on, but even moments like uh, uh, at that, the Niners Super Bowl, um, when the power went out. Yeah. And he's like, what the hell do I do? Basically, everyone's freaking out and he can't hear anything in the headphones. And so he just, he like, he's like, when stuff like that happens, just calm down, think, and then react. And so he said, 
power's out, you know, cameras are still on, nothing, no one knows what's going on. And he just casually leans over, sees a mic on the ground, casually leans over, picks it up and says, is this thing working? And then keeps the, keeps going. Yeah. Like, like nothing ever happened. They thought that they rehearsed it. You know, it was so perfect. I'm like, dude, that is one of the coolest things <laughs> on the biggest platforms, most eyeballs you could possibly have on you to do. Uh, mm. And it, it's just Coolness like- Coolness under pressure. Yeah. That, uh, Jim Nance is one cool dude, man. He is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. And now we're sitting across from another cool dude, Ben <laughs> yeah, Crane. Absolutely. Dude, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to it, guys. It's yeah, great. yeah. Welcome to Studio 22. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, yeah. So you graduated from University of Oregon. Can you kind of take us back to that time and you know share with us what it took to make the PGA Tour and some of your experiences in college? Yeah, it was uh, it was a unique journey. I grew up in Portland, Oregon. Not a lot of golfers from Portland, Oregon. Played uh, with my grandpa uh, occasionally at Portland Golf Club. There was he had three old cronies that he would play with at Portland Golf Club, and you know every once in a while one of those guys would be gone, and I would get the spot in the group, and we would play for a dime a hole, double or nothing on eighteen. So it was huge pressure. I was dealing with huge pressure as a ten year old, and but. I, I caught a break when I was about 13 and one of those old cronies died for me and I got his spot. <laughs> so oh, that, wow. was, that was awesome. You got the official spot. On the I team. got the official <laughs> spot. So I got to play for the big bucks and just grew up loving the game, played all sports until about 14 years old. And, you know, I had all that I was going to be in the NBA. And then I realized I was like the third best point guard on my team. My vertical is about, you know, 15 inches. And I'm like, ah, this just doesn't seem like it's, <laughs> really, you know, getting a lot of traction here. So I went all in on golf and I love golf because you could practice it as much as you wanted. You could, you know, you didn't need a team. And so I would just spend literally all day at the course and just, you know, there's so many different aspects of the game. And so I would just grind on every aspect and just try to get better and better. So it was um, my senior year in college. I knew I wanted to play golf professionally. Wasn't really a standout college golfer, but just pride myself on getting better every year. And every time I saw someone who I thought was working harder than me, I just said, all right, it's time to up my game. But I remember when I took that last final at University of Oregon and I walked out the door, I had a Tahoe and I had it packed. I finished that final and I drove across the country to Florida to play like a mini tour where you basically gamble for your own money, thousand bucks a week, entry fee and all that. And my girlfriend, now my wife, Heather and I would just take shifts and she would drive and I would sleep and vice versa and get across the country. And, but I got to play golf every day, as long as I wanted practice, as long as I wanted. And, um, two years after that, I was able to make it to the PGA tour, which was just a dream. People always said, you know, when did you know you're good enough to play on the PGA tour? I said the day I made it, I never knew. And then I won, you know, a little over a year later, when did you know you're good enough to win on the PGA tour? The day I won. <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I didn't know. I wasn't one yeah. of the sure things by any means, but just kept grinding, kept working hard. That's incredible. Yeah, that's what it takes, right? Yeah. Was there anything that uh, you did, any habits you created, or was it just like, let me put my head down and work hard? Were there any things you do on a, even a daily basis to make yourself the golfer you are? Yeah, I always would, would try to list out daily, weekly, monthly, what I felt like my weaknesses and my strengths were. And a lot of people will work on weaknesses, and it's important to work on weaknesses and lift them up. But I always wanted to maintain my strengths. And when I was learning to play golf, we didn't become a member of the club until we were on the waiting list for about a year and a half. And so all I could do at that club was hit golf balls and putt. But 
you can't hit golf balls all day. So I would literally spend almost the entire day on the putting green. And for so for years there, I would just putt. And I developed to be a great putter. And I, I've led the PJ Tour in putting, you know, two or three years. And that's always been the strength of my game. And so I just never tried to move too far away from my strength. Yes, build more speed. Yes, work on your distance wedges, these things, whatever. But it was always to maintain my strength for my strength because I wasn't Ben Crane the golfer unless I was putting well. If I was going to win a golf tournament, it was going to be because my strength was exceptional and my weaknesses were managed. Yeah, I think that's such an important lesson in life, too. It's, you know, We've talked about that in just kind of other various episodes and in life in general, kind of knowing what you're good at, you know, knowing what you can improve on. But that's interesting, too. Like, I feel like the more common answer is like, turn your weaknesses into strengths or like improve your weaknesses. But that makes so much more sense to me to like maintain strengths and, and do that because they like focus what you're good on. Exactly. Like find your passion, find what you love, you know, and go that direction and try to delegate the other stuff when you can. Right. That's what the, a lot of the books say, what we're learning. And it's more fun too. Yeah. Yeah. Even like running a company, you know, you mitigate the right stuff and then helps you grow even more. Um, I want to go back in time a little bit, if it's cool. I want to know how you guys met and when you and Will. Yeah. So 2005, Will was 15 years old. We went to Iron Horse to Discovery Property in Whitefish, Montana for a family vacation and met Mike and Will and Hunter and just had a wonderful time. And really, you know, Discovery, we learned, was birthed out of Mike wanting to enjoy his time with his kids and and have it be a relaxed, fun atmosphere. And so we got to kind of see that transpire. And when we went to Iron Horse, we're like, this is the coolest vibe I've ever been around. And we just had so much fun. We went on a really fun fishing trip together, played golf together, laughed together, and just just had a wonderful time uh, as families. And that was kind of the beginning uh, of our friendship. Yeah, and that's like kind of around the time when Outdoor Pursuits was kind of created for Discovery with, you know, my dad having two boys with tons of energy and, you know, early teens. It's like, okay, we need to, you know, get a wakeboard boat while he can do his meetings during the day. and. Um, you know, whether it's been the winter snowboarding, you know, whatever it is, it's just kind of getting out there. And, um, like you said, in, including the family in the work trip. And even if he was kind of book solid through the day, you know, we could always get together at night and, and, you know, get all our energy out during the day. Um, but yeah, it kind of, and Allie earlier was telling us a little bit about the advancements and outdoor pursuit and what they got going on here at Troubadour, but just to kind of give that more context. I feel like that's where outdoor pursuits really got developed. And it's just so incredible that when, when, you know, I have four young kids, when I can bring my kids out here and they really want to come to the golf course, they want to come, you know, to the outdoor pursuits. They want to do all that discovery has to offer. It just makes it a unique environment where, you know, we can thrive as, you know, professionals where we can really enjoy ourselves to the fullest when we know our family's taken care of. In fact, this is where they want to be. And, you know, we, this is where we want to reside as well with the greatest food and the greatest, um, you know, golf course setup and amenities, uh, as well as greatest stuff for the kids. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite discovery property that you've been to? Man, whatever one I'm at is always my favorite discovery. <laughs> <Like that. laughs> so yeah. thankfully we live here, um, out at, in Nashville and yeah. spend the most time here at Troubadour. So this has been really special to see this, you know, come into its own with its own unique, 
um, you know, vibe. It's, it's amazing how discovery does such a good job of taking the, the local, um, you know, atmosphere, whatever's going on in this, you know, part of town in this, you know, area, they really do a good job of, of implementing that even, you know, from the name Troubadour, you know, um, you know, traveling music poet, you know, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool to see all the musicians out here, all the people who, you know, just want to be here in town. It's, it's a pretty special retreat. Yeah. I definitely think all the properties are, are, that's what's so cool about them is when you go to El Dorado, you know, you're getting this awesome, incredible Cabo experience. When you go to Yellowstone, you know, you've got the mountain, you've got, you know, uh, everything up there as well. It's just like each spot is so cool and unique in its own right, but exactly what you're saying, it's not like it's transplanted and it doesn't fit, you know, everything fits perfectly. And then if you want to venture out, which you don't even need to, like Troubadour has everything you're ever going to need and more, right? But venturing out, you love live music you love great food you know it's all within a short driving uh excuse me driving distance and it just makes everything this is living speaking of kind of the local communities and the surrounding areas i mean the discovery land company foundation i know you've been really involved with that and and some of your own nonprofits. can you share some of the journey with that yeah you know in 2005 when we went to iron horse and met your dad and we asked him about potentially holding a charity event at Vaquero in the early, early days. We were one of the first people that lived at Vaquero. We lived at Vaquero for 12 years. And it was a great place to kind of travel the tour out of it being central there in Dallas. And we asked your dad about potentially having a charity event and would he support us and help us? And he was just all about it. He thought it was a great idea. And so we had a couple of charities, one for kids who have been trafficked, another for um, boys without dads and some foster care stuff. And so your dad came along and donated the course and the staff for us. And we just had this incredible event. Matt Rose was so supportive from BNSF and many of our friends came and we raised $50,000 and we thought it was the greatest event <laughs> ever. We did that for a few years, had wonderful, continued to grow. And after a few years, we asked Mike if he would be willing to take it on at Hideaway or Madison or um, one of the other properties and really do it for, you know, discovery. And because discovery moves in and really tries to make a difference in the local community, particularly through foster care and kids who have aged out of foster care. It's just such a beautiful thing, not just to come in and kind of, you know, close the gates, whatever, but to really pour into the local community. And, and so it's been sweet to see and the event start in, at Madison club and all the, you know, the LA crowd and all of Mike's friends come and donate and put up auction items. And we just have, and then Kelly James makes it, you know, the, the yeah. most yeah. fun, unbelievable atmosphere, yeah. you know, rips on everyone. Nothing's out <laughs> of bounds, you know, Kelly James. So it's just been spectacular to see discovery just come into its own and really just give millions and millions of dollars back um, to these kids who really don't have, um, they don't have someone in their life who is fighting for them. And then all of a sudden, you know, discovery comes alongside of them and gets them what they need, you know, and particularly a mentor, someone to, to fight for them and fight with them and, and walk with them. So it's pretty sweet to see this all trans, transpiring right in front of us. Yeah. I think, you know, giving back to the local communities is just, you know, something that you have to do, right? I mean, if, if you're going to live or exist in, in an area, it's, um, and you have the, you know, the capabilities to do so. I think, I think it's something that's got to happen. Um, but yeah, you know, speaking of the Madison tournament, I think the very, the very first Madison tournament, 
I believe I won the tournament with the Entourage guys, Jerry Ferrara. Really? Really? Because you said LA crowd. I'm like, who's more LA than Entourage? <laughs> um, obviously, you know, it's we just go out there and have fun and make sure we raise money and all that. But um, I think the first official tournament, we, we might have been crowned. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite tournament you played or? Well, besides the Masters? It, yeah, yeah. You, you kind of th- you throw that one out, yeah, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Besides, we're not talking about that, right? That's okay. a great answer. <laughs> um, I, I think the Players Championship is a really special tournament where we kind of get to make you know make it our tournament. So whatever really benefits the players as far as amenities, as far as w- what is it that we want, how do we want to run a tournament? Really, it's done at the Players Championship. The PGA Tour just does an incredible job, and so you know they leave dining open late, so that you know if we finish our round it. At six o'clock in the evening, we walk into the the players' locker room and they have full on buffet. We don't have to, you know, go somewhere, you know, off site, you know, wait in line, you know, sit down, whatever. They just have it all ready, which is very discovery like. So they just do a great job. It's it's um, the players' championship is a is a sweet event and it's one of the greatest finishes in all of golf. Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. One year I was standing on the seventeenth tee, which is the island green, and my caddy, I hit my shot. And, you know, you're nervous. I was playing well. I think it was in the top five going the last day. And, you know, if you if you dump it in the water there, it's really a two-stroke penalty. It's like hitting an out-of-bounds almost. I'm standing on the 17th tee. I'm so nervous. You know, you're like, okay, I'm going to look at the center of the green, but I really want to take on this flag, but it's a little risky to take on the flag. He hit a pretty good, pretty good shot to about 20 feet. I walk over to my caddy, and he's kind of looking at me like, he's kind of reading me like, how nervous are you? And I said, like, I look at him like, you want to know? And so I take my pulse, and I look at his watch. What do you think my pulse was? Right after I hit on 17 in the hunt Sunday. I have no idea. You, you want to take a guess? What's like I, 172? So <laughs> one, 100 is nervous. Yeah. 160 is like almost going all out. Like, you know, when you're working out, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. 50 to 65 is probably resting. My pulse is 145. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, I might run a little more nervous than some of these guys, but now with the whoop band, you kind of know the numbers a little more. Yeah, whatever. yeah. But it's nerve wracking. I mean, like it matters, wow. you care, and uh, it's exciting. Yeah, my guess was off because I just don't know the actual numbers for that, but I'm glad you explained it. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I was, I was definitely going to hit around the 140, 150 area because yeah. that's just like, I, I mean, you can't go much harder than that. And if you do, your heart's going to explode. Yeah. I mean, if, you, yeah. if you're going 200, I hope you're, yeah. you know, not over 25 years old because your yeah. heart might you're explode. Pushing, okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's insane. It's not like you're, you know, doing hardcore sprints 24 seven, right? You're just like, you're just standing there. <laughs> the golf yeah. ball. Oh, that's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Oh man. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, what would have been some of the biggest challenges as far as uh, chasing this, you know, career? I think, you know, you, early on you start out playing professional golf and it's just you and your wife and, and it's just a dream. It's, it's an adventure. You're just trying to hone your craft. You have all the time in the world. And then all of a sudden we started introducing kids. We have four kids and you kind of have this divided time where you're trying to be, you know, more efficient with your time. You know, you want to be a good dad. You want to be present. You also want to be present for your wife. You don't want to always be on and playing too many golf tournaments where you can't, you know, shut it all off, let down and relax and do other things, you know, because you just burn out. And so I think that's one of the biggest challenges is just, you know, how do I organize my time? How do I organize my days in a way that I'm giving myself the best opportunity to perform well, but I'm also having a, a life and building into my wife, building into my kids in a way that blesses them, honors them. Um, and, um, and serves them so that 
so that, you know, we're thriving as a family. Cause you know, if you get to the end and your kids, you know, have, have lacked, you know, something and you, you haven't been with your kids, you know, sometimes, you know, people spell love T I M E. And it's like, if you're not with your kids, you're really not, um, you're really not serving them and you're really not setting them up to, to fulfill their dreams. So I think that's something that's always just been important to me is really to make, make sure I'm always pouring into them with my time. It's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Jim Nance said it the other day, you know, time's our most valuable currency, right? So especially with kids, you know, they, uh, they don't know anything other than time, right. And your time with them for the most part when they first start. So, and how you show up for them. So yeah. it's really cool to hear how you, uh, balance work life and, and family life. Yeah. I, I don't always do it well. My son, um, one of my middle kids is 13 years old and he went and played in this tournament last week. He shot his two best rounds ever. His best round ever was 77. He shot it in the tournament. Whoa. Previous best round in the tournament was 85. So he shoots 77. We're thrilled to death. He goes to round two. This is the biggest tournament they'll play all year. He's in middle school. And on the last day, he shoots 71. What? And we're like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And we're literally like floating out of that place. And their team ends up winning by one stroke. No. <laughs> and we're just so thrilled. And then his sister asks him about it and says, so you're telling me that you shot your two best rounds ever and your team won by one stroke. And because of you, your team won the championship. And he said, no, there's four scores that count. We all pitched in. And I'm like, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to celebrate, you know, we had a family dinner and we were just excited. And then I was kind of on my phone with something, whatever. And my, my son looks at me and goes, dad, um, you know, I thought it'd be cool if we went to Jenny's and just took the Bronco and, and, and went to ice cream together. He said, but would you mind if we go no phone? And I kind of like frustrated, like, but proud, like, yeah, that would be a good idea, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but I just love the fact that he called me out and yeah. it needed to happen. I'm like, I need to get off my phone. And we just sat in the Bronco and ate ice cream and just kind of just, we're just so grateful for, you know, what yeah. a fun day he had. He had, a, it was a huge victory for him in golf. That's but, incredible. Now you guys have that memory forever. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. It's so easy to get sucked into your phone, we, whether it's work <sighs> life or social media or anything like that. So it's, it's nice when you can balance and, and really pull back and realize, you know, holy crap, I've been on my phone for 12 hours today. Like, what is going on? Um, and it affects your life, definitely, majorly. So, but then at the same time, you got to do it a lot of times. You know what I mean? It's part of the game, part of the, part of the process. <laughs> for yeah. sure. That's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think the answer to the next question is, you know, it's kind of hidden in, in some of the past ones. But what advice would you give to golfers that are starting out? and trying to, you know, achieve a PGA card? I think that, you know, starting out, one of the most important things is to keep it simple and to not look. It's so easy to get on the range and to look at Justin Thomas and to look at, you know, these other guys, you know, Jordan Spieth and, you know, some, some of the best players in the world and, and be like, I want to be like that. But you got to be you, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? You really have to operate out of your own strengths you need to keep it simple. It doesn't, it shouldn't be overwhelming and you should have fun doing it, you know? And so I think that putting a small team together in a way that you're, you know, really taking care of every category from your short game to your long game, to your physical health and training and recovery, uh, but also your mind. And, and if you're doing those at a pretty good clip, if you're taking care of those things, then the performance generally comes. And so I think that's really the key for young players coming out is really to, because then you're not really, you know, caught off guard when something goes wrong. You, you can fall back on your team. You can rely on them. 
and they can, you know, nudge you down the right path. And with that generally comes results. That's great advice. I found a lot of similarities between, you know, golf and just life in general. Uh, the more I hear people talk about it that are in, you know, the space that you are at high level. Uh, and I love hearing, you know, working, working on your health, your, your mental game, uh, everything all together. Cause it's like, look at you apply that to your normal life. Your, your life experience gets better just cruising along because you're doing the work. That's the thing. You're doing the work, you're showing up, you're putting in the time, uh, and you're getting rewarded for it because of that. And that's, it's the more and more I speak to people about golf, especially, you know, you, uh, the more I fall in love with it, you know, it makes it that much cooler and that much more enjoyable. And I know uh, in the past couple of years, uh, it's been a big shift in getting younger people to come in and making it more fun and, and properties like this, you know, and Troubadour, it make it so much more fun, you know, and, and that's, how, that's what this is all about, you know, uh, having a good time, being healthy uh, and achieving your goals, you know. I really think Discovery has had so much of a factor in making golf fun throughout the, the world, really, because a lot of the players have come to these properties, right? And they share those social media, you know, being at Baker's, being here, you know, being at the different properties and and showing that they're having fun. It's relaxed. There's no dress code. They got their shirts off, right? You know, they're having a few drinks. They're playing their music. And kids are like, that's fun. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like, yeah, it, it's like yeah. Discovery has such a place in the golf world, yeah. you know, for this golf boom, right? Happened during COVID partly because Golf can be fun, and a lot of players who are the best in the world are showcasing that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first time I really golfed ever was at El Dorado, and we were in board shorts. Yeah, you know, and wow. it ended up hitting a birdie my first time. Right, so par five on five. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it was a great time, you know, and uh, and it's knowing that you can't necessarily go to another golf course that isn't Discovery for the most part and have that same experience, you know, just having fun teeing off with your shoes off and sunshine and you know having a couple of drinks, having a good time with your friends. It's like those are memories that I hold on to because I am in truly enjoying my life in that moment. All you're focusing on is just having fun. Yeah. Yeah. People, people say, what's your, your favorite tournament, this and that. But but often I say, do you want to know my favorite golf experience? And they're like, yeah. And I said, well, my favorite golf experience in the world is Madison club. It's the Mm -hmm. greatest golf experience. I'd much rather go there than Augusta national Augusta national. I'm very careful. I'm trying not to get in trouble. I'm trying not to, be on my phone. I'm trying not to, I'm walking on eggshells when I'm at Madison club, when I'm at, you know, McKenna, when I'm, you know, at these places, I'm so relaxed. We're having fun. We're laughing, Mm. you know, we're playing a seven sum, you know, and Mm. we're just literally having the best time. It's the, and we're having the greatest food Yep. and we're hitting pro V ones on the range. It is the greatest golf experience in the world. That's incredible. Would you say amazing to hear? (laughs) Would you say that's helped your golf game? being able to have a space where you can really relax and have fun, or is it more, you need the high pressure? Uh, what is it for you? Yes. For two reasons. And the first is because this is a great place to practice, right? Yeah. Because they do make it fun. They, the food is incredible. The gym is, you know, next level, the, the therapy, the treatment they have here, you know, it's, it's all encompassing here. So that's great. The other thing that makes it great is that my family comes with me. So I'm not in away from them the entire time that I am mm-hmm. in grind mode, trying to get ready for a golf tournament. How do you think Troubadour compares to other Discovery properties? This is a, Troubadour is amazing. It's young and it's kind of coming up with its own vibe. You know, we had um, some existing um, memberships that that are catching up to what Discovery is like. Right? They hadn't been to a lot of the other Discovery properties, but now just you know we've got our first building. 
we're, you know, we're starting to, the staff is starting to just really deliver as far as food amenities and the way the discovery way. And so the sales here have been incredible because, you know, people believe in no discovery. They know what's coming and mm. it's coming. Right. And so now we've got this great staff and we've got this incredible golf course at Fazio put together with Zoysia and Bentgrass. And it's just a fun golf course. It's not overly hard. It's just a fun golf course to play. And the conversations are some of the best in all of discovery. So th- we're on our way, you know, um, I, in a year or two, when we have the clubhouse and the gym and the amenities start, you know, being delivered and some of the new homes start coming in, it's going to have even, even more incredible feel. Love hearing that. Yeah. I mean, we, we had a great experience up at the restaurant last night, you know, just being our first night really here to go up there and experience it, but it's got to sit on the patio, beautiful view. Everyone's so nice. I mean, I got to bring my dog, you know, I mean, it's just beautiful. There's something about, I, I really think I, I've talked to a lot of people. This is probably the best piece of property in all of the Nashville area. The elevation, the rolling hills, the trees, it's just spectacular to sit up, you know, by the clubhouse and look out, you know, with a fire going and the yep. music going, right? And the yeah. Casamigos flowing. It's yeah. just, it, it's like, hmm, a little ranch water. Like, this will work. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it's pretty cool hearing, you know, just a couple of years ago that it was a, a farm. Right. And yeah. the transition from that to this community that is second to none, really, it's, it's, you know, the conceptualization, uh, the conception of it, the idea of it, you know, here we you're go, good, you're good, you're good. you know, but it's amazing, like what, you know, Mike has been able to do and now obviously everyone involved too, but to take something that is essentially nothing, it's very simple to create this, you yeah. know, and look at what it's done. It's changed lives of so many people and life experience and, uh, it's only getting better. I know. It's so know. crazy. Yeah. I always think of like the Madison Club too, as you mentioned. I mean, that was just a flat desert. And, you know, they literally built it kind of into the ground and shaped it from just a flat canvas. I think they moved over 4 million cubic tons of dirt or something like that. Right? Which is double more than Shadow Creek moved, which was previously the most ever moved wow. dirt moved to build a golf course. Wow. There so we it, go. it really is spectacular to yeah. see what has been done before and after, you know, with the Madison club. Yeah, definitely. Are you a, uh, are you a fan of music, live music? I am. Yeah. It, around here you get spoiled. You go yeah. to the rhyme and you go to some of these places and it, it you know, a lot of the musicians live here. So it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Will, uh, like you were saying, this is his first time here and uh, we haven't got to go to Nashville yet, but I've come to Nashville quite a few times and it's like, you can't go anywhere without someone playing something amazing. And some of these people are next level or even big, big artists that are just, you know, you walk into a bar and there's, a, you know, 20 of them down the line. And you're like, is that, are they playing right now? Is this really going on? You know, yeah. and, then, and then first floor, second floor, third floor, it's a different music on everyone. This is one of the coolest cities that I've been to in America, realistically, that uh, I think everyone should experience at some point, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It, it's really cool. And you walk into some of, like you said, some of the smallest bars, the Bluebird Cafe, you walk into some of these places. And you're like, wait a minute, that's, you know, you know, maybe the you know best singer songwriter, you know, of, of the time or, you know, whoever it is, but you're like, dude, I know these songs. That's them. You know, like this is, it's just a cool spot that, you know, you get surprised a lot. It's pretty cool. That's what Brett Young was telling us the other day is, you know, just, you can, you can go in and everyone is talented. I mean, it's exactly what you guys are saying. It's like, you never know who you're going to see and, you know, that's, you know, he did it for about a decade and 
then kind of got his record deal after he came to Nashville and, and kind of did the circuit out here. But I, I'm very excited to go out and experience the music because I love my live music as well. And you guys uh, are going to do a concert this week, right? Are you guys going? Well, to- we're supposed to go to Bieber tomorrow night and then maybe Kid Rock Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty strong. Right? Yeah, it was super strong right out of the gate. Yeah, depending on like everything we can get done. But that, I mean, that's, yeah, just to hear those two artists playing, you know, in a couple of days of each other. It's awesome. pretty crazy. Yeah. And that's got to be a constant carousel of music and talent coming through here all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited to go and you know, go check it out. It'd be crazy. Oh, and, yeah. you know, Luke Bryan's been such a huge force out here. Just really, you know, started, bought a lot of lots early. He's just such a wonderful guy. I don't know if you guys have seen his documentary, but it's just spectacular. He's been through a lot. He's just wonderful. And he's been great for the property. So it's really fun to have him involved like this. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I got to watch it. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, we were uh, with him at Stagecoach about three years ago. Oh, three yeah. Three years ago. Yeah, Madison uh, Club. And he's headlining, you know, and, and he's having a great time golfing. And then it, that guy is a workhorse, man. He's golfing, uh, doing his thing about the headline, the biggest, one of the biggest country music festivals in the U S. Um, and then from straight from there flies and does American Idol at like 6am the next morning or something like that. I'm like, dude, that guy is getting it. Buddy. He, and in the documentary, you'll see the the constant for him has really just been work ethic. You know, like he just, you know, when you don't take no for an answer and you just keep grinding and keep grinding and, you know, it's amazing to see. And it's inspiring when, you see people work really hard and that's really behind almost all successful people like Jim Nance. Um, and it's really cool to see a little bit of that, that, that story of just work ethic, just the day after day, you know, um, the, the days are long, but the years are short. You got to get it, you know, you got to get after it. And, um, that consistent long obedience in the same direction, you know, it's just, um, it's just rewarded. Yeah. That's something that, you know, me and we'll talk about often and how success leaves, uh, and how success leaves clues, you know, and that's why it's so fun talking to so many people because it's a very similar line, regardless of what profession you're working in. It's work hard, stay focused, you know, get your mind right uh, and just do what you have to do to get there. But it, like you said, you got to lose sleep, you know, you got to be able to put in the hours, yeah. have the time and uh, just go do it. And it makes all the difference. Yeah. What's today's win, right? What, what, what am I going to do today to move the needle to get a, to get a first down, you know, to keep the, moving the ball down the field? I heard it uh, a little while ago, and it's it's be patient with your long term goals and impatient in your day to day to get there, versus what most of us are beforehand, where it's very impatient with our long term goals and patient with our day to day, and then you know a year goes by and you're like, damn, what just happened? Yeah, you know? but if you're so impatient, true. exactly, it's it's you can get done in a month what would take you a year, two years, three years mm-hmm. if you really just put your head down and grind. Like this podcast, you know, we came yeah. up with it in February. And we've got, you know, 20 plus in the can and we're keeping it going. And this That's trip's awesome. been incredible. Uh, uh, it's just been a lot of fun. Yeah. And I, I have right here, love and do what you will. And, you know, it's a quote from St. Saint Augustine in 395 AD um, when Rome was sacked uh, by, you know, a group of outsiders. I forget the term for him. Um, but he basically was giving a speech to the people like, don't worry you know, religion, our faith is not in the buildings, it's inside us. And that was like kind of what sparked um, Protestantism and like Westernization of the church kind of way back in the day, like early signs of it, Um, more faith-based than service-based. But, you know, I, to get like super deep about it, it's like, as long as you have that guiding light, 
doing what you love and what you're passionate about, you can basically put yourself through almost anything, right? Because you know it's in service of your long-term goal of something positive and something good for you. And, and, and exactly what you said, Will. And, and to bring friends along the way with you has been so cool, you know, and your dad has done that, you know, and, you know, I get to see you do that now. It's, it's, it's pretty cool to, to really do these things out of love, out of joy for them, and then bring your friends with you along, along the way. Um, it just, it just, you know, um, stirs our soul in, in the right way. What is, uh, the point of all the accomplishments if you don't get to share it with someone, right? Share it with your family, share it with your friends, yeah. share it with loved ones. Um, it's more enjoyable when everyone gets to enjoy mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I remember you showed me that app, a uh, Bible verse in, uh, Madison. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Bible and, app. But yeah, yeah. And I've, I've been using it ever since. It's like a good kind of daily dose of, of Bible verses. I have that on my uh, Garmin watch. So every morning when I do workouts, it pops up right there. The verse comes up and it's amazing. Dude, yeah. It's, yeah. it's such a game changer. And, you know, I mean, it, the scriptures are, are, you know, it's not like you apply them and they, they work 88% of the time. Like, I mean, if it really is what it claims to be, it works 100% of the time, you know? And, and so, um, you know, it's, it's the most important thing in my life is to be grounded in the word and to be seeking the Lord and trusting him and not, you know, trusting myself because I'm broken and I need help. So I ask for it each day. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Set yeah, the tone for that. the day, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's something that, yeah, you lean into your faith, lean into, like you said, the word and, and it can change your entire way that you show up and just having that positive uh, notation, especially coming from God and, and from the Bible, it's, there's no better foundation than that. So that's really cool you, to hear. You are correct. Yeah. That is exactly right. There is a higher power than me. That is absolutely <laughs> certain. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, what do you have coming up? So I've been uh, hurt for a couple of years with a, I broke L4, L5. So I had a stress wow. fracture in my back. So the last, um, I, I finally got healthy about six months ago. So now I'm trying to kind of get back out on the tour. I'm 46 years old. Um, got a few years before the champions tour, which will be fun. But um, I, I'm, I'm really trying to, do three things, um, spend time working with discovery and, and, um, helping in any way I can be, be of service to discovery, um, love and encourage my family, walk with them in these important years. We got 15, 13, 10, and a little guy we adopted who's three. And then, um, and then also to work on my craft and try to get my game back to, uh, where it was a few years ago. So those are kind of the big three I'm working through. Incredible. Uh, what, what would you say you've done in your journey to recovery? Uh, is there anything specific or, or just letting time or what exactly have you done? Yeah. So I thought I was going to have surgery to fuse L4, L5 to stabilize that, mm. that part of my lumbar spine. But I ended up having a French doctor, Guy Boyer out of France, um, give me these exercises. I guess there's eight muscles that attack, attach to your lumbar spine or in the front four in the back. And so he had me do these bizarre exercises um, with my low abs and with my low back to these long endurance, you know, where I'm hanging my legs off of a wall as I'm hugging the, you know, the, the counter and I got leg weights on and I'm, because the endurance muscles, the erectors are endurance muscles. And so I'm doing these long holds and these different positions to try to really blow up those erector muscles. But in doing it, I've stabilized my spine. And so now I don't hurt anymore. I can play pickleball with your yeah. dad. You know, That's I can great. do these things that, you know, I really love to do and I'm not in pain anymore. So I'm really excited about that. Starting to train speed. And all that, but it was a long, it took me about a year to really blow these muscles up and to support the lumbar spine. But now I'm 
wow. healthy and excited again. You make yeah. me want to do that. It's more <laughs> yeah. back support. <laughs> That's definitely one thing that I started focusing on a lot more is uh, recovery exercises and, and really training in a way that I never had before. I've always kind of attacked it for me anyways, lifting weights and, and kind of just going bullheadish in one direction. Now it's like, no, I want longevity. I want to be comfortable in my own body. I want to feel good. Uh, and I actually ended up getting a torn meniscus and fractured patella uh, about two years ago. And it truly affected my life. Like I, at first I thought it was just a little kink or something was going on. Cause I still had a lot of supporting muscle around my knee. Uh, and then it just started to wear and wear and wear. And then Finally, I was like, I got to I got something's got to be done here. Went and got an MRI, found out the fracture in the torn meniscus. But then I started working. I started working on a show and so grateful to the show, but I had to be like physically as fit as I could get. And you have your shirt off in a lot of roles. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. don't ask me for that. Right, lucky you, man. <laughs> um, but so I was in the worst shape of my life after this meniscus. I had three herniations in my neck, a bunch of tears. Uh, it was just like, I'm all lopsided, all messed up. Uh, and then my diet fell off, you know, cause I couldn't stay consistent in the gym. But through that, I ended up working out training, doing what I had to do. And then in the middle of that, I'm like, I have to get surgery. I have to fix this meniscus. If I don't fix it, then I'm going to be screwed. My whole body, my back hurts, you know, standing for too long hurts. My knee, I can't do movements. I'm, I'm afraid if I got to do a run scene or, or a jerk, I'm going to make it even worse. So I found alternative methods because I didn't have a two week period to recover you know, uh, from surgery. So I ended up listening to a lot of podcasts, you know, listen to a lot of different, uh, methods and listen to people who have had injuries in that space as well. Uh, just like what you're saying with these exercises. Now I'm a huge fan of like, Oh, I got to know more. What is it? What yeah, can I do? Yeah. I found this guy called knees over toes. If you're familiar. So the knees over toes guy, apparently this guy has done more for knees in the last, than anyone else has in the last 20 years. Is that referring knees over toes to the way you squat? That is one. Yeah. So that's his that's name. Exactly. Thinking, the way you yeah. squat. Exactly. So everyone has always referred to don't go over your nose, your knees. Now it's actually, you're you know, supposed to put the knees over the toes. Exactly. Look at oh, when we, shit. when you're running and you stop fast, you know, your knee goes, or when you're running downhill or downstairs or so many movements involve us naturally having to go over. So if we don't train that, uh, and if we don't strengthen and lengthen the tendons, ligaments, muscles, all of it together, then you're actually hindering yourself and opening yourself up for injury. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I love this guy. But he also says yeah. that the spine and the shins should be parallel to each other as you squat. Yeah, that the, that the as the knees go forward during the squat, the upper back, that your back stays actually parallel to your shins. Yeah, and most people think that the the knees are supposed to be back and that the back is supposed to be way forward, but that's actually incorrect. So anyway, this 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 guy Guy Voyer, who has this method called Eldoa, which is this form of creating space in your joints and um, it's, it's really helped me. And he's the guy who solved the riddle of my back. Well, he has this method Eldoa that I do every, every night and it's just saved my back and create a little space and, and they have it for all the different joints, whatever, but I focus on the lumbar spine. That's my weakest point and it's, and it's worked. So making it a strength now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm that's a cool. Fan. And he's yeah. over toes. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of different methods too, you know? Um, and that's what I love to do is like you find all these different, no one has all the answers, right? So you find what works for you, works for your body, how you react to it, and then adding. So now I'm going to go study this guy uh, and add that into my routine and just make your whole life experience better. I'm curious to see, honestly, you might even come back stronger than you've ever been, right? Okay. And that's what I, th I think that's what your plans are. So it's going to be exciting to see, like, don't let that thing hinder you. How do you work through it and grow from it? You know? Yeah. What yeah. What have I learned from this? You know? Right. And I mean, I feel better than I've ever felt, honestly. Yeah. Awesome. Just doing awesome. simple movements. Yeah. 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 Have you guys had Justin Thomas on yet? 
No, no. Yeah, we're just taking his place. Yeah, his, just his house. Justin, Justin Thomas's house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, he's an amazing guy. Um, such an incredible reputation amongst friends on the PJ Tour, but also amazing at his craft. You know, yeah. he's he's not, um, you know, a large man. And to be able to move the ball as far as he does with the technique he does is just really... And then he's got one of the best mental games in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so he loves to compete. Yeah. One little fun fact about Justin Thomas, randomly is that when he was at Alabama and he played on the team, they had these, you have a qualifier to see who plays in the tournament that week. Okay, so let's say there's 12 guys on the team and let's say they might exempt one or two players like, okay, we know this guy's going or that guy's going to the tournament, so he might not have to qualify. But Justin would qualify every single week, whatever, uh, before the tournament, probably 12 to 15 tournaments a year, so that they would take five guys each week. In his time at Alabama, he never lost a qualifier. Wow. He never lost to one guy. So, and not wow. even just like qualifying, like winning them. Correct. Yeah. And someone said, Justin, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you trying so hard? Why are you, you know, why are you grinding so hard to win a qualifier? And he said, if they think they, if they, think they can beat me in practice, they'll think they can beat me in a tournament. <laughs> oh, oh man, that is, but I've never heard such a legendary college story like that is so incredible. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, man. That's like some, I love that. Yeah. That's like some Kobe stuff. That's like, right. yeah. that's a real yeah. next level or, or Jordan stuff. Jordan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. To me, in my mind, those are like the two, two of the best competitors, at least in that sport, Kobe and, and MJ. And you start to hear like what they did and they're like, I was competing against myself. I was, yeah. you know, trying to be the best version of myself and I would push myself and other people around me as hard as I possibly could every day. 100%. And that's why, you know, you can have the GOAT discussion, but like it just, no discredit to LeBron. It's just he doesn't have that Kobe MJ mentality. He's lost too many finals. You know, he's missed too many clutch free throws. Like, he, it, but Again, I'm not putting LeBron down. I'm just saying, like, Michael and, and Kobe are in a classification of their own. And that sounds like them. Yeah. You can have all the talent in the world, but if there's someone that will outwork you, eventually they're going to outpass the talent, right? So it's just a matter of if you have, if you're gifted and lucky enough to have the talent, if you can work at that and build it, you can become the greatest of all time because of that, because of the work ethic. And even if you're not that good, you work hard enough. Mm-hmm. You'll get there. Yeah. You know? Hell yeah. All right. I'm going to tell one story real quick. Love uh, it. Madison Club, Phil Mickelson story. You guys can use it if you want or not. But I love Phil. He's been an incredible friend over the years. Always been very generous. And we were at the Madison Club and we were going to play Brian Zurich and Lefty. And we would play in these money games. And I never really knew how much we were playing for, but it was, it was enough to make me really uncomfortable. <laughs> and we're in the locker room and we're negotiating, you know, what we're going to play for and all this. And I'm trying to like, you know, just like, can we just get to the first tee? And finally, right before we, we settle on how many strokes it's going to be and all this. And right as we settle on it, um, Zuroff says, okay, we get to play from the, the two tees. And, and Phil's like, no, 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 you know, whatever. And, and Zuroff's like, come on, we're going to, we got to play for the two tees, you know, let us play for the two tees, you know, whatever. And Phil says, okay, fine. And then Phil walks up to Spencer, one of the guys who works there, and, he, and he, one of the pros, and he says, hey, Spencer, go to the start of the second hole and take all the two tees and put them right next to the one tees on every single hole. Thank you. 
<laughs> so we're basically playing the same tease. Oh, that's so funny. That's so Phil, isn't it? Yeah, that's funny. That that like that reminds me of like a Titanic Thompson like old school hustle type story, right? Like just kind of anything you can do to like get that leg up. Yeah, that's yep. hilarious. Enjoyed that's it, great. boys. Yeah, likewise. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's fun. Appreciate well, it. Great right. to see you, brother. Thanks Bye. for coming Pleasure, on, man. man. Likewise, man. Thanks for tuning in to Studio 22. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.